Learn from the experts. I'm Salvador Villalobos, the host from The Reba Show, home ownership here from The Expert. I've been a loan officer for the past 30 years. During that time, I've been able to help many home buyers become homeowners. My name is Alex Ruiz, co-host of The Reba Show. At 15 plus years of financial services experience, I'm currently an agency owner for an insurance company. On the show, you'll hear from industry experts if you're looking to purchase your home or to sustain your home. Make sure to tune in and listen to us every Tuesday at 2 p.m. And learn from The Experts. Salvador Villalobos, the host from The Reba Show, home ownership here from The Expert. I've been a loan officer for the past 30 years. During that time, I've been able to help many home buyers become homeowners. My name is Alex Ruiz, co-host of The Reba Show. At 15 plus years of financial services experience, I'm currently an agency owner for an insurance company. On the show, you'll hear from industry experts if you're looking to purchase your home or to sustain your home. Make sure to tune in and listen to us every Tuesday at 2 p.m. And learn from the experts. You're listening to The Reba Show, Home Ownership, here from The Experts, live from Fishbowl Studios in Bedford, Texas. I'm your host, Salvador Villalobos. Co-hosting with me today is... Alex Ruiz. Alex, how you been? Living the dream. Living the dream. You shooting those baskets? Absolutely. That's <laughs> awesome. He's a basketball player. I try to be. <laughs> <laughs> so, today's show is for the uh, new landlords. So, it's actually titled... So you bought your first investment property. What now? And who better than to give us that information than our guest host, uh, Jose Ichu, who is a property manager as well as a real estate agent. So he's very well versed. So welcome, Jose. Hey, thank you so much for being uh, for allowing me to come here and visit with you guys. This is great. Great studio, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. So, Jose, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, well, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, so um, I'm an Air Force veteran, retired in 2006. Thank you for your uh, service, sir. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, I worked at Lockheed Martin for a, while, a little bit, then I decided to do something different. I jumped out into the real estate market back in 2012. You know, been doing that since uh, since then. Became a broker. Uh, we own our own com- our own firm also with uh, Premier Castle Realty and also PCR Property Management. And uh, so here I am talking to the experts, too. So I'm, I'm glad to be considered in that in that sphere. So I appreciate the opportunity. You're quite welcome. Thank you so much. So I'm a landlord. I just bought my first pro- – well, I'm an inexperienced <laughs> buyer buying a uh, investment property mm-hmm. because everybody's saying on social media, you need that passive income, get a rental property, buy a, a Airbnb, you know – Get into real estate, which is a good thing, mm-hmm. but with knowledge, with, no, with knowledge comes responsibility. Right, right. If you don't have the knowledge, you don't have – you're not – how do you know what you're re- being responsible for? Mm-hmm. And it's much more than just the property. There's families that involved. Right. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. 
I mean, anytime you go into it, uh, buying a, a property, you got to consider, okay, first of all, what's your goals? In this case, we're mm -hmm. talking about somebody that's purchasing a property to rent it out, right, as a landlord, okay, as an as investment property. So uh, that, that brings along the same, the same benefits, uh, actually more benefits than a homeowner, but also the same uh, cost as a homeowner because you're going to have to make sure that your cash flow covers all of your expenses, right? And so, what do you mean cash flow? You're using your pay stubs or I mean your paychecks? <laughs> no. You know, as a lender, I'm as a lender, I thought you might go there. So basically cash flow basically means, you know, after you pay all your debt. For example, okay. if you have a mortgage, how much is that? You know, make sure your cash flow covers that. You know, taxes and insurance and expenses and repairs. You know, a lot of people don't understand that you still have those type of uh, recurring um you know, fees, or I would call them fees, right. you know, that uh, in any property, whether it be your home or an investment property. So, so my mortgage payment's $1,000. Mm -hmm. I'm going to charge 1100 I want to be a nice landlord. Um, You're going to go broke. Why is that? I'm, I'm getting more than the mortgage payment. Right, but you're only paying your mortgage. What about your taxes? You know, you know two things in life are guaranteed, right, Alex? Absolutely. One is death. The other one is taxes. How about insurance? <laughs> yep. I was gonna, the third one Insur is insurance. Insurance goes up and down. <laughs> Alex has got some great insurance quotes, I heard. <laughs> so, yeah, so those are the kind of things you got to consider. I mean, if you're looking um, at a property that's only going to cash flow $1,000, I mean, your mortgage needs to be less than that, or you bought the cash. And then so, what is a good, good, good uh, ratio, good formula? Mm -hmm. uh, if your mortgage payment is a thousand dollars, what should you specific? I know you said taxes mm -hmm. and insurance. What else do you have to factor in into a? Being a land, a new landlord, not knowing what you're getting into. Okay, so let's go. Let's step back a little bit. Okay, okay. so you're new. You're a person looking to get into becoming a landlord, right? Right. Basically, one or more properties. Now, in the industry, uh, when you talk to investors, there's the institutional investors like BlackRock and all those other companies that right. are buying, you know, properties all together. You know, whole communities, for a matter of fact, for rentals. the ones that jacked up the price. Exactly. Well, <laughs> they're part of that. They're part That's of that. That's another story. That's yeah, another yeah, story yeah, for another day. That's right, another right. show. <laughs> but, you know, we like to call the small investors the mom-and-pop investors, just right. like you have mom-and-pop stores, you have mom-and-pop investors, right? So anybody that's less than 12 properties, that's what we would call them, okay? Right. Now, when you start out with your first one, okay, it's always making sure that you – just like when you're buying a property for yourself, you want to say location, location, location – because the surrounding area will support or not support the real, the, the rental rates that you're trying to charge. Okay. Right. So just like you do a uh, CMA or what a competitive this? market analysis for somebody that's buying a home or even selling a home, right? You would do the same thing for a rental property. What is the uh, rental uh, rates coming in, whether your maximum, your average, and a medium, uh, and obviously your minimum, your minimum too. You, you want to know the whole spectrum so you can make a smart decision going into an area. Okay. So now you ask me what will be the good percentage? It depends on each individual, mm -hmm. uh, individual investor, but relatively you want to make about 75%. Okay. You want to walk, you want to walk away with, uh, maybe six to maybe $900 a month. Of cash flow, that means paying all your all your expenses. Okay? okay, and if you're doing that, that's a really good number. So what you're saying is, if my mortgage payment is seventy five uh, seven hundred and fifty dollars, mm -hmm. I should try to get at least a thousand dollars. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that extra twenty five percent covers all of the 
expenses and for unforeseen expenses as well. Mm-hmm. Is yeah, that I would, correct? I was going to say that there's always a lot of things that you could try to prepare for, but obviously I was a new landlord, so just like yourselves, and you walking in very excited and mm-hmm. um, it never fails. Then, you know, your first month in, the tenant calls, hey, I got a leak here. My stove went out. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, I'm originally from Chicago. My heater went out in the winter. Mm-hmm. So we'll, I had that. Story. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we got <laughs> a week after I bought yeah, the property. Yeah. <laughs> every landlord, every investor I've ever connected with, they all have those stories. I, those are all learning right. curves. You know right. I mean? Learning those curves. You need to, you know, one of the things that, you know, you, you, ra- you raise a very, uh, um, good topic. Anytime you go into a property, you're going to have repairs, right? We mm-hmm. talked about that. That's part of your uh, expenses on a monthly basis or quarterly basis or yearly basis. Right. So you got to have a cushion that you put aside for those repairs. If you mm-hmm. don't have that, you're going to be ended up taking out of your own income and then that, that defeats the purpose. And that's going to impact your, probably your home, your budget at home. Oh yeah. Um, right. yeah, exactly. Cause you, you're taken away from your income as this is supposed to be generating income for you, but it's taken away. Now he mentions like, you know, a water heater, you know, air conditioning and all this other stuff. And, you know, you'll be surprised how, how many investors, specifically the small investors, you know, forego a home inspection. You know, and that's critical. Correct. You got, you know, and every time I talk to an investor, it's like, man, we got to get in a home inspector. Oh, I don't want to sign here. Okay. That I've guaranteed, you know, that I've actually expressed to you the need to get a home inspection because you could, uh, you could run into those issues. Now, does the home inspection guarantee flawless? No, no issues. No, no. but <laughs> it helps you be more informed into what to plan ahead for. It just helps mm-hmm. minimize possible risk it doesn't eliminate it no no exactly it doesn't eliminate it so yes but that gets you prepared mentally okay you know this ac system is 10 years old you know what's the lifespan you know the water heater it's you know five years old you know what's the lifespan of that so all of these things come into play when you're thinking about buying an investment property so comparing apples to apples Mm -hmm. an inspection is roughly a property inspection when you're buying the property usually how much is that uh typically uh, a about $500. Okay. And to replace a water heater at a very basic level, mm-hmm. entry-level water heater, that's roughly... 800 to to 1000 I was going right. to say double the inspection. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and how much is a furnace? A furnace could be 5000 to $10,000. So I think $500 is well spent, mm-hmm. especially if you are trying to... Uh, if there's mecha- the mechanicals, which are your f- furnace, your air mm-hmm. conditioning your water heater right if those things go all within one year that's potentially thousands of dollars oh i'm telling you i just i I know of a person that just you know went into uh and replaced an ac system did the duct cleaning and everything spent seventy thousand dollars on this equipment now they got top of the line you know and uh that's really up to you how much money you want to spend how much income you have and everything else like that but But would you do that for a rental property? No, no, no. I wouldn't do that. I, right. I would get I would get a, a good unit that right. provides a good you know a good environment for the individuals in the home, and that's what you want to do. Right. Uh, people that go into a property management, you got to remember it's like you got to make it as nice as possible. Now you're not going to live in it, so don't don't raise it to your standards. Raise it to the standards that someone will be you know likely to live in it. You in know, that community. In that community, yeah. exactly. Well, you know, uh, maybe a little bit above the community, depending right. where you're at. Exactly. Because you, know? you want a nice place for your tenants. Right. A happy tenant is a good paying tenant. Exactly. Okay. And it becomes a long-term tenant. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Which in the business, that's what you would like, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, one of the things that you run into is if you have a long-term tenant, 
you, you don't want to raise the rent too much because if they're paying on time and, the, and you're making good money, good cash flow, then you don't want to ruin that relationship by hiking the rates all the time. Right. Now, eventually, you're going to have to because right. just the economy and you know, obviously right. today's inflation. So that actually adds to right. the issues too. So one bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially if you got got money coming in and, right. and it's paying for your, right, your, right. your individual costs. But as we were discussing before mm-hmm. the show, mm-hmm. a, a tenant that is uh, – I mean a landlord that is prepared has a better experience than gives their tenant also a better experience. Right, right, right. Because if the, uh, if the landlord is feeling pressured – Mm-hmm. Then they're adding pressure to that ten unneedless, unneedlessly, Correct. and you know, uh, and unfortunately, not not so many of our um, listeners are able to buy their homes yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use the word yet with preparation and with uh, yeah. the right team. You know, you, they can, but that's where I'm. You know, that's why I, I think this subject is important mm-hmm. because there's so many landlords that are subpar because. Maybe intentionally, or they just don't know. Well, you know, uh, you know, several times, and I've talked to several people. Uh, you know, the, the range of knowledge ranges, right, from experience to non-experience. You know, a novice, somebody's just walking into it. You know, one of the things that they don't understand is rental rates. You know, where do I get a rental rate from? Mm-hmm. Okay, sometimes they just you know put their finger up in the air and say, okay, that's what I want. Okay, this is obviously they want to cover their mortgage if they have one. Right, but then they they maybe go too high for the area. So that's always easy to overdo that. So, you know, obviously, and then you get into the rent collection. How are you going to collect that money? Right. I had a, I had a, a, um, a good friend who became a client, you know, um, in a real estate aspect, uh, and then they purchased the properties, right? But they wanted to manage them themselves. So I said, okay, great. You know, le- thank you for letting me help you buy it, right? right? We did the inspections and all that other stuff. But they would go door to door. Every time the collection would come up, they go pick up the money. I'm like, wow, okay. So, you know, there's different ways to do that, right? The easier way to do that is to have an online portal where your tenants can pay their, their uh, you know, their monthly dues, and you don't even have to go and knock on the door. You know, you may have to send a reminder, and it's always nice to remind people. People are busy. Right. Right? So what we do is we typically send them a note. It's like, hey, just a reminder, you know, if it's a holiday season, whatever, you know, happy Valentine's Day, for example. Hey, happy Valentine's Day. Just a friendly reminder. The rent is due on this day. After this day, there will be a fee, blah, blah, blah. You know? And, you know, that helps the communication aspect, and we get the money coming in. Okay? We don't have to go and knock on doors. Right. You know? And that also poses a risk for the landlord because it's rent day, and if somebody's going out there and you're collecting rents, people know that you have money. It's almost like you see those old movies, you know, the landlord's knocking on the door, dun, right. dun, 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 <laughs> and somebody inside hiding is like, no, don't answer the door. Right, right, right. <laughs> you don't want to run into that. Either. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's for security purposes. Right. And, you know, along those lines also, think about this, okay? When you have a new landlord, okay? The tendency is to is to give the property to the first person that maybe comes by and sees your sign on the front lawn. Okay, you know it's been my experience that if you put a for lease sign outside, you're going to get a lot of not qualified individuals. Correct. Okay, mm-hmm. and then the reason for that is because they're maybe in the same neighborhood, mm-hmm. or they may may know somebody in the in, in next door, but then uh, because they're dealing with the owner, uh, they don't have that buffer. Okay, of non-emotional attachment to 
anybody. Right. You know, now if I'm representing the tenant, you know, if I'm showing the property, obviously my 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 uh, fiduciary responsibility goes for the tenant. But if I'm representing the landlord, then my fiduciary responsibility switches, and I'm representing the the landlord. Does that make sense? Right. So if you are if they call you represent the landlord and they see your number on the on the sign mm-hmm. and they call you who do you represent at that point i represent so i'm still representing the landlord, the landlord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay All right, good and so so in this instance for example we would ask pre-qualifying questions just like you would do with like in your industry right correct you ask okay what what are your goals how much coverage you want in this case i'm asking okay uh what is your credit score what is your income like? Do you have any pets? How many people will be staying on the property? How many cars do you have? Because those are questions that are in the application. Okay, so I got to know what's what's uh, in the qualifications of the individual. But why does it matter how many people are staying there? I'm paying for it. I'm paying for that tenant. That, well, that it depends I'm on. It. So if you got a two bedroom apart, I mean a house, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want ten people living in that house. It's not conducive to a good living environment. Plus, there's different codes in different cities, so you got to keep that in mind also. Um, so a lot of things factor into mm-hmm. play when you're thinking about, okay, a house that you're going to purchase, what your goals on that, your, your, you know, your income that's going to come in or your cash flow. And so all of this comes into play. So how mm-hmm. does a uh, – you, you ask the questions, mm-hmm. but anybody can write anything down. How do you verify? How do you – do your due diligence. Oh, that's a great question. So basically, once I get an application, let's say, for example, somebody I think is going to qualify for the house, then I send them an application or they provide it for me. If they're represented by an agent, the agent gets it filled out and sends it to me. Then we do a background check that actually checks you know, both national mm-hmm. and local criminal checks. Oh. It, it, it does employment verification. It does a credit check. I can even verify uh, bank amounts. Okay, on certain checks. So, so deposits. Yeah, deposits, right. you know, and it also checks the credit score. And then it gives me an over summary and says, okay, based on the information that we have, this is the likelihood of your tenant meeting their requirements. Okay. Right. Now, let's say that I don't have all of those bells and whistles. Mm-hmm. I'm just new homeowner or a struggling, I'm not homeowner, a uh, landlord or a landlord that's having challenges just because of that, because I'm not asking the right questions. I don't have the application. I don't, I'm not able to do my background. What can they do? What can a homeowner do, I mean, a, a, a new landlord or an existing landlord do to, to minimize their, their risk? Well, I did want to add real sure, quick to sure. that, too. So sure. I know when someone, they're just purchasing, right, they're mm-hmm. a new landlord, our show it's in the name, right? right. We, we want to look for the experts. And right. so as a new landlord, um, if you don't know, it's to ask help and get help. And the realtor mm-hmm. plays a very huge role yeah. in that. Um, so if you could explain like that that role, because in some cases, if you're dealing with someone that's experienced, mm-hmm. they might have a, a system already in place. But if someone's brand new, I think the role of the realtor, I think, plays a huge you know, Right, so we're assuming that maybe the the person that's interested in getting into a landlord uh, situation is actually working with a with a real estate Correct. agent, right? Yeah, yeah. So the real estate agent is very important in the fact that you know just like if you're buying a house, you got to ask the same question: How much money do you have, you know, mm-hmm. to buy the property? How much money can you count on to support the, you know, if you need repairs and stuff? So we can start the ball rolling in the mindset: Okay, what mm-hmm. do I need to com- prepare for in the future? 
right? Right. So that's very important. Now, when it comes down to offering the, you know, the offers and stuff like that, it's still negotiable. I mean, whatever list price that you see on there, that is still a negotiable number. Basically, that's our first offer is the list price. You know, a lot of people think, well, that's the list price. That's the only thing they're going to accept. No, that's their first offer. You know, this is what we're willing to put it on the market for. We're offering at this price. And then somebody can come back and say, well, you know what? That's a great price, but we wouldn't like to do $100 cheaper. And then, then they communicate that to the – if they're working with a real estate agent, they communicate that through them, and then we can start the negotiation factors that way. Okay, okay so there is some representation, and I I definitely believe in – obviously, I'm a real estate agent too. Uh, I'm a broker. So I definitely believe that real estate agents provide a valuable you know, value to their, their clients. Um, but they also have to have knowledge. You know, one of the biggest things as a real estate broker is to make sure that our, bro- our uh, you know, real estate agents are trained in what mm-hmm. they're doing, right? They're knowledgeable in the area that they're working in, and they know the process to get everything done. If they don't, then we need to make sure that we train them as a broker. You know, uh, broker responsibilities is a big factor. And then they can do a better job for their clients. You know, overall, so, that's what our goal is. So just like a list, there's a listing agent, there's a buyer's agent, there's a leasing agent. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, a lot of times, basically, you know, um, to be honest with you, you know, on the leasing side, most agents are not going to make a lot of uh, a lot of money, uh, you know, working with leases. Okay. And then on the other side is uh, there's a lot of clients out there that will just walk away. You know, they may find something else and not tell the agent that they've been working for. The big issue here is that maybe they haven't even signed a representation agreement, so they're just working for free, basically. Right. You know, right? But that is an option. I mean, those are yeah. Yeah, right. but I, I I tell my agents is like you you never work for free. You're not a volunteer. Right. You got bills to pay, and make sure that your clients understand that you know you have things to do and money to. <laughs> this is helping you pay your bills. Right. Right. Okay. right. So yeah, I will add. Right. I mean, obviously, as a former realtor myself, yeah. um, I always heard it. That we do provide a service, mm-hmm. but like you said, it's not a nonprofit. Yeah, volunteerism. Right. You know, it, we do get paid, but we also they provide. I, I think you know tremendous. Uh, your, service. Yeah, to your point, I think it's important to realize that you know I've heard several agents say, "Well, we you know it's free to you." It's like no, it's not free. Okay, mm-hmm. you're a real estate professional. Correct. Okay, if you carry yourself as a professional, you understand your career right. and you've the the chosen career, mm-hmm. then you understand that you you add value. Right. So, you know, if you add value, then you need to get paid for right. your activities. You but know, that's typically work. paid by the um, the landlord. If 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 you have a listing agent, mm-hmm. if you're a tenant. Mm-hmm. And you use a listing agent that's usually paid by the landlord. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Okay. So just like in a purchase, if you're leasing, the okay. the landlord will pay the commission on anybody that brings the okay, the client. So we're going to take a quick break, mm-hmm. and when we come back from the break, uh, I would like to continue with the landlord, mm-hmm. the new buyer, the strugg- struggling landlord. Mm-hmm. What can they do when they don't have representation? Okay. Great. So um, we'll be right back with uh, Jose Ichu talking about you just bought your first investment property, now what? Catch you on the flip side. I'm Salvador Villalobos, host of the Reba Show, homeownership here from the expert. I've been a loan officer for the past 30 years. During that time, I've been able to help many home buyers become homeowners. My name is Alex Ruiz, co-host of the Reba Show. At 15 plus years of financial services experience, I'm currently an agency owner for an insurance company. 
On the show, you'll hear from industry experts if you're looking to purchase your home or to sustain your home. Make sure to tune in and listen to us every Tuesday at 2 p.m. And learn from the experts. Santiago, presentador de Riva Show en español, Home Ownership, traído a ustedes por los expertos. Con más de 15 años de experiencia en construcción, ahora trayéndolo a las bienes raíces, estaremos trayendo expertos en cada materia durante todo el proceso de la compra de su hogar. Sintonízanos cada tercer martes del mes de 2 a 3 de la tarde, traído a ustedes por los expertos. Salvador Villalobos, the host from the Reba Show, home ownership here from the expert. I've been a loan officer for the past 30 years. During that time, I've been able to help many home buyers become homeowners. My name is Alex Ruiz, co-host of the Reba Show. At 15 plus years of financial services experience, I'm currently an agency owner for an insurance company. On the show, you'll hear from industry experts if you're looking to purchase your home or to sustain your home. Make sure to tune in and listen to us every Tuesday at 2 p.m. And learn from the experts. Studios in Bedford, Texas. I'm your host, Salvador Villalobos. Co-hosting with me today is none other than... Oh, man, that's a good intro. Alex Ruiz. Alex Ruiz. <laughs> basketball superstar. Now I got to live up to it. <laughs> <laughs> Today's show is you bought your first investment property. Now what? So we've been having a conversation with Jose Ichu, who is a property manager as well as a real estate agent. So he's very well-versed, very well-experienced. Uh, on the subject matter that we have here. He is an expert. So welcome, Jose. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much. Again, thank you for the opportunity. This is great. And thank you for your service. I appreciate it. So he's an Air Force veteran. So <laughs> <laughs> so before the break, mm -hmm. we were discussing, you know, uh, having representation if you are a new landlord or a struggling, str struggling landlord. But what about if the landlord does not, the new landlord or the struggling landlord does not want to or cannot afford mm -hmm. um, representation at the moment? What can they do on their own to minimize some of that risk? Right. So, you know, um, it's just like a, have you ever heard of the term shade tree mechanic? Yes. Somebody that doesn't or doesn't want to hire a mechanic, but can do a lot of the mechanic stuff by himself. I'm like that. All right. So, uh, but YouTube. Uh, yeah. <laughs> YouTube, right? I've changed bearings <laughs> and <laughs> taken uh, dishwashers. And so I like to kind of think about that, you know, on the property management side, right? So mm -hmm. now you got your own property. You're, you're, you're you got to figure out, okay, what do I do now? Okay. Mm -hmm. So you, there, there are tools online right. that you can actually do, use to do background checks. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there's various different options for that. Uh, and they all varied from what it costs to get them done and how fast you get them back. Right. Okay. Uh, also, um, you know, the forms, uh, because you're your own landlord, you own the property, you're not required to use any of the forms that we use in real estate because you're your own owner. You know, you can, uh, you can basically create a form, a contract or whatever. 
uh, it, I caution you without do, doing that without maybe an, an attorney or maybe some established norms through uh, maybe some investor in forums uh, because there are clubs that you can join that have investment and it's uh, you know namesake and they they uh, talk about you know different processes that you can do and how you can get into land becoming a landlord. But um, I have to say, do your due diligence. Don't just yes. go to the first company you yeah, see yes. or page. Don't just go to there the first are several company. options. Right. Yeah, you know what I mean. The first, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, several options. You can do that too. I mean, if you if you watch a YouTube on real estate, you're gonna see a lot of them on there. It's like <laughs> constant, constant, constant. Right. Uh, they're all millionaires, by the way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Buy this million dollar home yeah. for ten dollars. Yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. Yeah. So, so, but you are the landlord, right? So you got to you got you know responsibility for upkeep. So now you got to have a team that's going to help you uh, do the work. You know, you don't want to. So, I, uh, one of the things that I sent you through is like, are you the boss or the employee? You know, if you're the boss, then you have somebody working for you, as opposed to, you know, buying a property and then becoming. You know, the cleaning crew, the repairman, the overall, this is, this is what I do. Jack of all trades, master right. of none, right? So that's what you got to think about. Okay. Who's going to be supporting you? What team do you have? Establish relationships with somebody that may have like a, a move out, a move in ready type environment, you know? What does and, that mean? Move in ready? Uh, so like, for example, you can have somebody that comes in, uh, just, you know, for example, let's say that property is in good condition, barely any damage, painting, handyman person kind of can go okay. in there and do some painting, mm-hmm. you know, or a cleaning crew that you you have a relationship with that makes the, you know, the property looks nice. And also anytime you change uh, tenants, uh, you're required to change the keys. Okay. Even though you may collect all the keys, you never know if they make copies. Right. So now you got to keep another another individual safe just in case the the previous uh, tenant decides, oh, I, I left something, I'm gonna just go back and get it. Nobody's gonna notice. You know, those are the kind of things you got to make sure you take care of. So changing locks. Changing locks. Yes. Okay. Uh, rekey the the property. It's a, it's the cheapest way to do it because if you're changing the locks, it's gonna cost you twice okay. as much than all it right. would cost somebody to come in and just rekey the property. Now you tell me, Jose. Oh, yeah. you didn't ask? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, but you're he still responsible. You, right? no, he he didn't didn't call you. Like, yeah. Hey, man, yeah. I tried doing it on my own. <laughs> and let me tell you, mm. I bought a building, and it was a money pit. And mm. we did – we had to pretty much redo the entire uh, – it was a three-unit building, mm-hmm. three-story, mm-hmm. foundation, plumbing, bathrooms, kitchen. It looked beautiful when we first bought it mm-hmm. but as we started living there we started seeing a lot of things that were not good right so you got to think about this okay so if you're talking about a quaplex we mentioned that earlier uh, off the air it's like you know so if you're talking about a quaplex so that's almost like a in a, a commercial slash residential type community i mean environment so you know those properties uh, if you're an investor you can actually write off depreciate you know some of those properties right so mm-hmm. after 36 years a commercial have you ever noticed that commercial buildings are basically torn down you know in a long term 36 years when they're all broken down because they're they're depreciated to zero so they have no value as a as a property now not the you know the company but the property itself and then right. rebuild and they have a new one and they have a new uh, depreciation schedule you know, um, for for that building. So the same thing goes with any with a uh, like a quadplex or a duplex or even a single family home or even a condo. And if you buy a condo, obviously you got a little bit more expenses with the HOA and so forth. Parking, parking. You know that that could be an issue. But anyway, so you can depreciate the value of that property. So um, along those lines, you know, you you have the opportunity to you know maybe live in one of them. 
Correct. Right? Like, for example, a quaplex, right? So that's basically a four-unit um, building, right? You can live in it, okay, and you can have everybody else pay rent and basically pay your mortgage, cash flow, right. you know, minus mm-hmm. expenses. It's called profit, right? So that's what you have. And at the end of the year, you would just have to file your taxes. You're still going to have to pay some taxes on that. But uh, as long as you're living for free and it's getting paid for, you know, those are the advantages of becoming a landlord and having properties. And that's how people make money. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's how people I like make to money. put it in terms of you, that's how you start creating wealth yes. through mm-hmm. real estate um, by doing that. And I wanted mm-hmm. to bring up uh, an option here. So there are people out here that are first time home buyers mm-hmm. and they're looking at the single family, they're looking at all their options and how viable as a realtor and as a professional is a duplex into as an entryway to owning real estate. Maybe it's not your dream home yet. Right. But you're, it's an entry point where you're living in a duplex where you're the owner, you're a landlord, and you're there at the same the same facility. Well, so that's a great question. Okay, so you you got a duplex, um, you charge it enough to pay your rent or to pay your mortgage, so you're living there for free, but your your tenant is living right next to you, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, they they can come and knock. Knock on the door, and yeah. you, probably, you had you probably had that. Yep, I had right? that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, the toilet's clogged up. Right. It's like you know, my my washing dryer's not working, and you're like, dang it, I'm going on vacation. <laughs> I was on vacation. I was uh, I was out. We had just bought the building. It was mm-hmm. uh, December in mm-hmm. Chicago, and we get a call Friday night, and we were young, early twenties, very early twenties, and uh, we were out at a club. We get a call. So not that long ago. Not that long. Yeah. <laughs> Cell phones were just a thing starting to come out. So this past weekend. <laughs> <laughs> this morning. No. So I get a call that the furnace had gone out. Uh-huh. Try to find somebody at 12 o'clock at night when it's 20 degrees outside and you have to get somebody there. Uh-huh. A simple fix of $100 came out to be almost $2,000. Uh-huh. Another time I'm... Uh, I'm at the health club, and I get a call, and lady's like, the light in the stairwell went out. I'm like, I'll get to it when I get home. Well, I'm, I'm very afraid. I need that change now. Mm-hmm. You had to go and change it, right? So mm-hmm. these are things that you don't They don't mention that on about. the videos, right? Yeah, on they the don't YouTube, mention that stuff on the, the YouTube videos, videos yeah. Sal. They don't talk about that. Right, so. right. <laughs> so now you got that knock on the door. Right. So I just want to, you know, along those stories, uh, you know, I go to different investment meetings and stuff like that, you know, just to generate awareness is also, you know, attempting to get some clients, right? Um, so uh, I met this one gentleman, and he has, like, several properties, but he's the one that takes care of everything, okay? So he's working you know, he has his own – this is his job now. It's not – he's not an investor. He's a, an employee basically in his own company. Right. Right? And then so he takes care of everything. He told me – he's like, hey, you know what? I might want to hire you for a couple of months or something like that because I'm going in the hospital. And I just don't have anybody to take care of it. You know? Yeah. That's something you got to think about. What happens if something happens to you? You know, what happens to that property? You know, right. it's very, it's uh, who's going to upkeep it. Heck, who's going to own it afterwards? You who's going to so collect the rents? Exactly. You know, <laughs> who's going to so, knock on the door and collect who's going to, who's going to go right. be knocking at the door. So that's also very critical um, to make sure that you understand, you know, the responsibilities. All right. So is so, it feasible? Go ahead. Yeah. I'm, I'm just want to go back. Yeah, yeah, what go can ahead. you do? Right. As a, right, so right. we're talking about te- having a team to support you, right? 
to those repairs, a handyman that you know that you trust that you that knows a little bit about electrical. Now you can't do major repairs. You know you can't go out there and change a box. You know right. because uh, basically you're going to have uh, code enforcement. Right, you got to make sure you get uh, permits and stuff to do major work. Right? Box meaning the electrical panel. The electrical panel. Right. right you right. can't go in there and just oh I did it. And it's like next thing you know the whole house burns out. Thanks for telling me again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so those are the kind of things you got to keep in mind. Right. You know uh, that you got to just watch out for. Okay. Um, and the other thing is, you know, uh, so we talked about team insurance. You got to make sure you have good insurance. Uh, always be checking homeowners out. insurance or is well, it it's going to be special insurance is rental insurance It's a little bit more expensive, you know, uh, because of uh, you're not living there. It's not your primary residency. Mm-hmm. And you have a lot of different issues with tenants. So every tenant should have renters insurance absolutely renters insurance and this question's for you alex yeah. what kind of insurance should the new landlord so as a new landlord every hopefully every insurance agent will recommend a much higher liability mm-hmm. insurance because you're not there you don't know what happens mm-hmm. someone could slip and fall um, they're not going to sue the renter they're going to sue who owns this building and mm-hmm. that's that's you and everyone's going to assume you're the rich guy yeah now you have a mortgage so, payment and yeah. you have an, and you don't have something happens to the property do you have something that protects the the, the owner of that investment yeah, property? There's mm-hmm. definitely different levels to 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 uh, landlord policies, or but I mean the first thing initially as a new landlord, whether you're working with a property management team or not, I think it should be a full requirement to have your tenant be have their own renter's insurance because mm-hmm. that's going to protect the renter mm-hmm. f- with some liability, but also their personal belongings. Mm-hmm. Someone breaks in, something happens, you know, anything can happen. Their personal belongings should be should flooding, you know, flooding. Something bl- should be protected, right? right? Yeah. They, they should have mm-hmm. that. And then now we step into the landlord level. Um, depending on the size of the landlord, there should definitely also be you know loss of rental income because of something happened so mm-hmm. those are all things to back to, to you know to, to back yourself and to protect yourself in those items so if you just bought a property or you own a property and you don't have the proper insurance you're doing yourself a dis- you're doing yourself and your family a disservice because uh one slip one slight accident can actually uh take down everything right absolutely it can yeah. impact all of your financial stability and I, and I will say most standard landlord policies will have a minimum of like a hundred thousand, um, but I would definitely recommend. I mean, much higher to right. three hundred thousand to even even much higher. So I know I didn't want to change. This is not the insurance hour, but it's very important and it's related. It's to, a factor you got right, to consider because right. obviously that involves your cash flow. Right, that's one Absolutely. of your expenses. Right. So now with the insurance. Um, so you have the the renter's insurance. I lost my train of thought. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I, I'll pick it up a little bit. Right, right. So basically, every single tenant should have rental insurance, right, okay, correct. for themselves. That protects them, like you said. Uh, so along, along those lines, uh, you know, you can have a relationship with a with a uh, real not a real estate agent, but insurance company. Mm-hmm. And so forth. Okay. The other thing that you want to do is um, there's different ways you can make money from maybe, you know, you're more than just the rent, you know, 
there's different companies out there that can sell in sh like for example uh, electricity right so you can become your own electricity broker also right. right so that's you know you don't you can't make it mandatory for them to use it but if if you have good rates they could use it then you get a residual income from that too so right. there's different things that you can do as a as a, a property owner to right. generate more income than just the rent okay right. now it could be pennies it could be thousand dollars you know right. it all depends so the question and that's good good information didn't know that so the uh, the question I want I had for you is I own a single family home. I'm living there, but if I get the insurance of renters, it's going to be too expensive. I'm just going to keep my homeowner's insurance policy with the property I don't live there anymore. Mm. Is that a challenge? Um, well, you're not living there. It's a homeowner's policy, but you have tenants there. Now. So let me so let me rephrase that. So so you purchased the house as a primary you, residence, as, and you live there as a primary residence. You live there. Now you moved out. You know things have been going well. Mm -hmm. You want to retain that that property as rental income mm -hmm. for rental income so you bought another property bought another you're property you're living there mm -hmm. you don't change the homeowner's insurance policy mm -hmm. it's still saying homeowner's insurance but it's technically a rental is right. that good that's that's not good to keep their regular insurance why policy. is that it's, actually, it's less expensive my uh, my cash flow is better yeah it's actually really bad why um, is that i would put my though you don't want to put yourself in situations where it's a toss-up between the, what the insurance companies um, policies are or what they want to say i would like to uh, call things as they are and if if i'm living if you're living in there that's your main primary residence. that's where your homeowner's insurance mm -hmm. is at and even though it was originally purchased as a homeowner's once it gets switched over you're no longer there that's not your primary residence it gets switched over to a landlord yeah. house yeah. but what happens i mean what what are the what are the the consequences so i like of to think of it as it. peace of mind okay we Correct. buy insurance for peace of mind right you buy like for example if you have a a car for example or even a house that's mortgaged and then they require full coverage right you know to cover everything right yeah so basically, if you don't switch it for the purpose, then you may not be covered at all. And that's so guess what happens? You get a fire, you got to change the roof, you got no coverage. And you have no rental loss of rental. And income. you thought you were saving money, but now you're spending thousands and thousands of dollars to re, re roof it. You know, how much could that be? That, right. That's exactly what happens. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be put in those situations. Right. You don't want to be put yeah. in that situation. So listeners, if you own your, if you moved out from your home and you have it insured as a home owner's policy. Talk to your realtor. I mean, talk to your realist. Talk to your insurance agent. Yes. And <laughs> talk to your realtor. Talk to your realtor. <laughs> but talk to somebody. You need to make that change. You don't yeah. want to uh, get unpleasantly surprised that you really don't have any coverage and you just paid it for a few years and that's fraud anyway though right yeah yeah that's what i'm saying like it has to be titled that what uh, what's really there okay. mm -hmm. right good, good. You're, all right oh, and also thing talk about you know um the the nasty word fraud you know you don't want to get into a situation where you basically like for example uh va or F, uh, va you can actually buy a quadplex and live in it and then rent the rest. And I think you still do that with FHA. You definitely can. Right? Yeah. But also, but if you buy a single-family home as a primary residency, for example, a VA or FHA, then if you're not living in there and they go back and check, that's basically mortgage fraud. Right. You know, that's a, right. big, that's a big issue. Now, <laughs> what are the chances that they go and check? I don't, I don't like to think about I don't want to think yeah. about it. Yeah. I, I don't It's peace of mind. That's I always what, tell my clients, like insurance. you never want to get that knock at the middle of the night. Yeah. 
I right. like restful sleep. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I don't want to <laughs> be like, who's <gasps> that at the door? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, you got to be cautious about that. And also, if you move, like, for example, if you have a property where you move to another one and you're renting it, make sure you remember to transfer your tax exemptions, you know, yeah, because your homestead point. exemption, because you're not getting a break. Uh, the 25% that you get on a tax exemption for home insect, uh, home insect, uh, homestead exemption, you're not going to get it on, on the rental property uh, or in your new home. Okay. All you right. can only, instead of Texas, you can only have it in one place. Okay. Correct. Good, mm-hmm. good. So, so that's great information. Now, landlords like, well, you know, it's, it's just overwhelming. It's, it's just, I, just don't know if I'm going to be able to cut the mustard. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do this successfully. Uh, what can I do as a landlord? I mean, I, who can I – can somebody assist me? Right, yeah. So, I mean, who would contact a property management company uh, that you have either a relationship with or somebody that you know, you know, that may be able to help you. Because you got to remember, when you become a, a, a landlord, right – it's really the most hands-up job that you can think about. We talked a lot about the different mm-hmm. uh, aspects of it. So you're talking about you're responsible for the upkeep. The upkeep. You're responsible for cleaning between tenants. You know, you're responsible for repairs. You're responsible for property taxes. Your appliances, utilities, mm-hmm. all of that. And guess what? The red phone. You are the red phone. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the red phone rings, and it rings often. Okay. Now, the one thing that we haven't talked about is really the maintenance aspect of it, which is the one that acts, you know affects you the most. Right. Those are the causes the mm-hmm. cause. Start a preventive maintenance program. That's okay. Right. What does that mean? Okay. Make sure that you tenants know, hey, you know, we're going to sign this lease, but every quarter we're going to be coming by and visiting the property. You don't have to be here. Okay. It's it's in the lease. We have copies of the keys. We'll let you know ahead of time so that you know we're going to be in the home. Okay. And while you're there, you can change Clean the it. filter, <laughs> you know, make sure there's no leaks. And, and you can leave them a note Say, hey, we're going to send you a, uh, a checklist. This is what we do. We send them a checklist. It's like, hey, just let us know if there's any issues. Do you have any leaks? Is there any issues with the, uh, you know, with the AC system? Uh, have you noticed anything different on the house? Blah, blah, blah. You know, all of these things are provided ahead of time. So when you're there, change your filter, make sure. Oh, one more thing you got to make sure is like the people that are living in the property, make sure they're the ones that are on the lease. Okay. Because if they're not on the lease, they're broken the lease. Okay. Pets is an also another issue. If you allow pets, what kind of pets breed? Because that affects your insurance. You know, there are many, many t- uh, breeds of dogs that are not insurable. Right. So if something happens with that dog, you know, bites the neighbor, guess what? You're liable. You're liable. Right. You know, so you even if it's care. not your dog, it's not your dog, right. and, and that's why you want to have good liability insurance. Great, great. Okay, so I learned a lot today. Absolutely. So, do you want to ask him the hard question? Yeah, I'll go ahead. And... <laughs> deer, uh, deer in headlights. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, what's the question? <laughs> yeah, you're very familiar. What's with my favorite ice cream? No. Yeah. <laughs> you're familiar with the question because we really want to know what does home ownership mean to you personally? Oh, okay. Well, you know, it's very interesting that you asked me that question because I shared some information about my beginnings. Uh, you right. Know. Uh, I was born in Central America in Guatemala, uh, was raised in Miami, Florida. When I arrived in the States in 1975, I had no English. I knew no English, okay? So uh, I learned English in, in, in school. 
I still remember my, my instructor. Her name was Mrs. Hernandez. She was a Cuban-American. In Miami, there's lots of them, right? Uh, but she taught me English. Uh, my dad, um, he grew up in a very tough uh, uh, time in Central America. You know, he says, I want to make sure we move to the States. And we moved to the States legally. He was sponsored by his company. And then uh, he bought his first house. He says, I want to make sure that my kids have a better place than I did when I grew when I was growing up, Okay. And not to say that we didn't own a home there, but, you know, it's your home is where you, your family grows up, mm-hmm. okay, is you feel safe in your home. And, and our slogan, I'm just going to say, is, uh, you know, every home is a castle. And the reason I chose that is because that is true. Your home is your castle. So it really, it really gives you the safe, the peace of mind. You know, you, you're helping your family grow. And home stability is one of the biggest factors for uh, young men and women to grow up and become productive members of society. Mm-hmm. If they don't have that home environment, it's a lot more difficult. You know, studies have shown that it's difficult for them not to succeed mm-hmm. unless they have that environment. So to me, a home is just more than a roof and four walls. A home is where you your family grows. So I think it's one of the most important things. Um, cliche, it's the American dream. You know, sometimes people say that's not the American dream anymore. To me, it is. You know, that's how it was when I was growing up. So that's what it means to me. Well, it's a great answer. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jose. Mm-hmm. I truly appreciate all of your information. And, um, again, thank you for your service. Oh, thank you so much. appreciate it. Yeah, no, awesome. So here at the Reba Show, we serve you by providing information about home ownership as you prepare for home ownership or sustain your current home. It's important to us that you have all the information and tools you need to make an informed financial decision. Become a fan of this, The Reba Show. We are The Reba Show. I'm sorry. We are the Hispanic Real Estate Brokers Association, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation. We've been streaming live on Facebook. You can catch us on Twitter. Hey, Elon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you can catch us at The Reba Show. And Reba spelled H-E-R-H-R-B. I'm sorry. H-R-E-B-A. This episode is available as a podcast on any podcast uh, station. Uh, You can also catch us at Reba Connect, and that's H-R-E-B-A, connect.org, and on Fishbowl Radio Network, and that's F-B-R-N.us. If you have any specific questions or comments, please uh, email us at rebashow at rebaconnect.org. I'm your host, Salvador Villalobos. Hosting hosting with me is... Alex Ruiz. See you next week, Alex. All right. Everybody have a great afternoon. We'll catch you next week. Thank you, sir. I'm Salvador Villalobos, the host of The Reba Show, home ownership here from The Expert. I've been a loan officer for the past 30 years. During that time, I've been able to help many home buyers become homeowners. My name is Alex Ruiz, co-host of The Reba Show. At 15 plus years of financial services experience, I'm currently an agency owner for an insurance company. On the show, you'll hear from industry experts if you're looking to purchase your home or to sustain your home. Make sure to tune in and listen to us every Tuesday at 2 p.m. And learn from The Experts.